Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Bullshit Detective podcast. My name is Dave Brown and today I've once more been talking to Dave Nixon. David Nixon, not sure which one he prefers. But anyway, it's always fun to have him on. Um, It's always a bit of a spiralling kind of conversation. We didn't have any particular agenda with this one. We just decided we were going to going to rack up and have a chat. Uh, the title the title of the podcast is Uniting the World Through Their Arseholes. It's there for a very good reason um, and it comes right at the end so you'll have to listen right to the end. I hope you do listen right to the end but look have a listen you'll find out what it's about and I will catch you briefly at the end surprisingly. Um, enjoy. Bye. just added this little bit in because I wanted to talk to you about patreon.com. Patreon.com is a website that allows people who produce content to monetize what they do. Now I've been doing this podcast for four years now. It's always been free. It's still going to be free but patreon.com enables me to to allow people to contribute financially to the podcast. So a bit of income for me and actually more importantly a bit of an opportunity to invest in my podcast in some equipment to make it sound nicer, all that kind of thing. Um, I'd like to develop my podcast further. It's come a long way in those four years. And well, assuming that people like it, which I think they do, I've had some good feedback. So in order to continue and improve, you might want to go on to patreon.com forward slash bullshit detective and you can make a donation. You can make a monthly donation, 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 which would be the price of a cup of coffee or a beer or a packet of sweets or some broccoli from the supermarket, that kind of thing. It's up to you. Uh, No pressure. If you don't want to, that's fine. You can carry on getting your podcast. If you want to contribute, you can support the podcast so that everyone can have a podcast. But anyway, enough said. Patreon.com forward slash bullshit detective. I will let you now get on with the podcast and stop bothering you about money. Cheers now. Hello. Oh. Hello. Hello. What happened there? <laughs> oh, there we go. I've got headphones now. Oh, that's good. I know. I'm fully... I'm meeting all Ofcom standards. That's brilliant. It's good to know. Yeah. I couldn't have you on if you didn't. You realise that? No, absolutely not in this. Not in the new normal. Not um, in the new normal. It just wouldn't happen. Someone would be offended by the fact that you didn't have trousers, headphones. On. Oh, headphones on. I have got trousers. Well, I've got shorts on. You'd be pleased to know. Um, yeah, I decided that. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I decided on a similar approach. I realised that I'd, I'd, I'd feel a bit, a bit vulnerable talking to you without trousers on. <laughs> I think you might feel empowered. I doubt it. <laughs> so, ah. I know it's like coming home, isn't it? We haven't done one of these for ages. We haven't, and I always look forward to them. They're always, they're always easy, Dave. Yeah, always easy to do these yeah. and fun and and largely frivolous and all that kind of stuff, which is good. So um, yeah. it's always a, a welcome, a welcome. I don't know, distraction. It's not a distraction, is it? I'm not distracted. I'm doing this. This is this is living. This is it. Living in the moment. This is actually what's happening now. It's not a distraction. Nothing's a distraction. It's all no. real. <laughs> it's all just there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what we're doing is distracting ourselves by things that aren't there. Oh, hang on a minute. I don't, I don't, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, distracting ourselves by things that aren't there or from things that aren't there? Well, I, I, distracting ourselves with things that aren't there. Social media. Oh, yeah, yeah. Worrying about, worrying about the future, dwelling on the past. Oh, we've, well, we've the future, been... that doesn't exist either, does it? The past no. is gone. Yes. So, so there's only now. And that's gone now. That's gone. Yeah. That's gone. Oh, it's just gone again. Yeah, here's another one. We did this before. I, I'm having deja vu here. We did the same routine on a previous podcast, and now that's gone too. 
Yes. It's just all resonances and echoes of things that have come and are yet to be. Just comes it's and goes. From a couple well, of foolish men called Dave. No, I think we're, 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 there's far more about us than we let anyone realise. <laughs> I, <think we're>, yeah. <laughs> I think that's true. Well, this is what I like about the wise clowns, actually. That's why I like your, um, just to get a plug in for you and Adam. Yeah. Uh, the wise clowns. Well, I mean, the, the fool, I wrote a story called The Fool and the King, and there's a long, you know, tradition within stories and folk tales of, you know, the wisdom of the fool and the foolishness of the king and the, the wise fool. And, you know, this is, it's a great archetype. So yes. I, I really like the, the wise clowns thing. And I'm sure that that's how much thought you put into the name uh, when you came up with it. Did you actually? How did you come up with the name? It, it just, it just, it, there was very little thought went into it. I think we were, <laughs> we, no, we, we were having, we were having a conversation about, about us, about who we are, what our, you know, personalities are like that kind of thing um and you know in essence we're both we both like a laugh and and you you're you're, you're the same similar we, we, we yeah. all like a laugh have, have a bit of fun let's treat things as lightly as we can yeah but we're also very very serious people yeah when, when, it, when it comes to things you know when it when it comes to to it's whatever's necessary but but my view is that you can you can find humor in in, a, in anything, in death, in funerals, in, in whatever, there's, there's, there's some humour to be had and it just makes things a little bit easier. So, so actually we, we hadn't made the association with the, you know, the court jester and, and, and all those kind of, all those kind of things. Yeah. Um, and initially it was going to be just a working title. It's like, let's just give it this name for now. Ah, uh, working titles. And then, yeah. And it's stuck. And, it, well, and it stuck. I mean, it's, it's well and truly stuck. But there you go. It's that is a perfect example of the wisdom that emerges from foolishness, just fooling around, coming up with a name. But then embedded within that is this whole narrative that's there to be explored. Yeah. But, but um, also, also, of it's a good example of with what's in the moment. Hmm. Um, and the yeah. only reason it was a working title was because we were probably thinking, wonder what other people are going to think of this. Yeah. Is it going to put people off or whatever? But actually, it's very representative of who we are. So I don't give a shit if it puts people off. They're the wrong people. Yeah, and I yeah, I mean, this is something that um, myself and Kath, my partner, has been. We've been talking about this recently. About um, you know, don't worry too much about. You know, it's the people that are there. They're, they're, you know, if you if you do a gig, if you perform something, it's the people that are there that are important. You know, even there's only if there's only one of them. Yes, you know, it's still about them. It's not about the people that aren't there. Well, I suppose I think, sorry, go on, Dave. I, I think we've been, I think we've been tricked by. I've, I had a conversation recently um, with someone about how digital marketing or marketing generally has now outstripped the people's capacity to deliver. It's just, it's, it's a nonsense now. You look at how things are advertised, yeah, and. You know, drink this lager, you can have sex with all these women and that kind of thing. And it's just no one can deliver on what these things are promising. No. Uh, so I think just ignore them. They're, yes. not, they're not important. They're just not relevant because they don't deliver, you know. And you and I know that we both do deliver. Like you say, we don't take ourselves too seriously. But I think what we do, we take absolutely very, very seriously indeed. Yeah. Do you, do you, think, it, do you think the more you drink, the more sex you get? Hmm. Not in my experience, but but, <laughs> but, 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 but the, the quality may, may, may become questionable at some point. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, the more you drink, the more sex you get. Well, I suppose, it, I mean, it depends if the other person's keeping up uh, with, with, with your consumption. Uh, if they are, if you're all drinking at the same rate, then yes, inhibitions will drop. Alcohol yes. will have its uh, neurochemical effects. And, um, you know, Congress will occur. Um, well, p providing you actually go to the places. So actually, it, it's more a case of if you go to places where there are people who want to have sex, you're going to get more sex, irrespective of how, of how much, much you, you drink. Because if you stay yeah. at home and drink it, you won't, God. well, apart from maybe some sex with yourself, you're not going to get much, are you? Well, I mean, yeah. Be no. I, don't <laughs> I mean... 
Um, I wouldn't call myself, you know, a prolific lover in my life. It's been, it's been, a, it's been a hard and barren wasteland. <laughs> <laughs> but so I'm not probably not the expert that you need to to comment on this. We need some sort of uh, sex guru. Sex guru. Yeah, I wonder who that might be. Um, that'd be a great podcast, wouldn't it? The sex guru. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to try and find one. I'll put yeah. a post out on social media and. Preferably, I think so, a sex guru from Black Country, I think, would be great. Yes. You know, that would be, yeah. I'd, I'd, love, I'd listen to that. Well, maybe, maybe you can help me find someone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what is the advert for that? You know, if marketing uh, is now outstripping the capacity for delivery, what would our advert look like? Yeah. Um, what would we promise uh, a sex guru for a podcast, I wonder? Well... Um, I don't know. A long but... line of mateable entities. Yeah. Queuing up. Yeah. Men, Get in there, women, son. Geese, wardrobes, everything. Just work, work your way through them. <laughs> see, you on the, see you on the other side. <sighs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, we seem to have reached maximum nonsense in record time. I mean, what's. 10 minutes and uh i don't really know what we're talking about now well i don't but i, I, I sort of I had a few i had a i've got a, a few or something on my mind which relates to a few things that are on my Ooh. mind and this this does relate to to posts that i've seen recently on linkedin particularly so um there was a post yesterday a woman had posted a, a photograph of a poster in her local deli where where people go for their, their deli where that's in america isn't it Yes, Deliware. Um, <laughs> so it was a, a, a dinery thing. Yeah. Um, and there was a poster, a poster had been put up in the window and it was for a car show. And the picture of the car, you know, it was one of those, it wasn't a, it was a, like a, a, some, a car that someone had made up, built themselves. And it was red and it had sort of like, the roof was the shape of a, a German war helmet with the little spiky thing on top. Oh, yeah. And a black cross on the side. Mm. And... The woman was talking about, um, you know, Nazis and 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 the Holocaust and and anti-Semitism and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I saw this and I'm like, hmm, let's just do a bit of digging because so I did. So I went and looked at the symbol and the symbol is the Iron Cross, which is yeah, which is a symbol used by well, the Prussian, the German, German and German military and has been since yeah. the 1800s, I believe. Yeah. Um, so I just I just put the link to this this article that I read and and then there was a bit of sort of discussion and oh yeah but we should I mean this wasn't actually the woman who wrote the post it was someone else but well we should be we should be more sensitive to these things and sort of my response was no I think we should be more conscious of the associations that people are making that aren't actually there. So yeah, I mean the German military so, and the Nazis that's two different entities in yes. my mind. Uh, and they yeah. are in my mind. So we we have different perspectives and I and I can also understand why someone who is Jewish may misinterpret that. Yeah. And and actually, we, what we don't know is, I mean, the guy who made the car might be a Nazi. We don't know that. He might have just not used the swastika because he knew he wouldn't get it on a poster if he did that. Right. <laughs> right. Going sort of a soft launch. Yeah, soft launch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but the point being, this is something that's been been misinterpreted and then... And then you enter into a discussion with people who don't actually just want to accept the facts that they've just been given. Um, there's another one this morning, a gentleman called Ross Freeman posted, uh, it was, there's a, a color of paint that Audi have discontinued and it's called rape yellow. Right. Right. You know, rape, that, that prevalent um, crop that rape. is grown in the UK that is yellow. I use the oil myself yes. on a daily basis. Yeah, and they'd stopped. They'd stopped. They're, they're going to discontinue it because uh, a rape victim had had claimed it was problematic to her. So Triggering. Again, yeah, I can understand that. But how far do you take it? Do we then have to stop talking about rape completely? <clears throat> the trouble is, right? Uh, I mean, we talked about humour, and I think humour is a great way to address these things because mm-hmm. humour. And I've been doing a bit of. You know, as you know, my interest is in narrative and story. And um, I've been reading about a comedy plot recently. And comedy isn't necessarily about being funny in the classical sense. Comedy is about um, the movement from ignorance to knowledge. Yep. I'm going to say ignorance. I just mean not knowing. I don't mean I don't mean it as a derogatory term. Um, 
Now, connect that with the fact that I also, um, a guy that I'm doing some cooking work with at the moment, um, he said, oh, yeah, rapeseed oil. That's a weird name, isn't it? Why is it called rape? You know, so me being me, I went and looked it up and rapum uh, is actually it's an old um, Latin term and it relates to plants belonging to the radish family. Right. It has absolutely nothing to do with sexual assault. The word is the same. Um, yeah. But that's just because it's coming from a, a Latin root that happens um, to share the same sort of uh, structure. No, but, but we have so, many, we have many words. That, if you we don't know words. that, then yeah. yes, that's going to be a big trigger for you, especially if you've suffered that kind of abuse or, you know, uh, violence, basically. Yeah, but I suppose the um, inference is that, that it has been done with some intent to mm, offend. Well, exactly. What's the intent behind it? Um, you know... I would never think, and I would never think for one minute, looking at a paint, thinking, "Oh, they've named that after they've named a paint after sexual assault." I think no, they've named it after rapeseed because it's yellow. You know that that would be my my thinking on that. And how far do we have to be responsible in our use of language to protect other people from experiences that we have no knowledge of? Yes, and, and and this is this is the whole cancel culture thing right now and i think there's there are some other sort of worrying things that someone else was posting about um there was a, there was a post a woman posting about men in her industry apparently there are men in this industry that that pretend to be supportive of women um yet they send dick pics now okay so so my assumption that she's been sent at least one dick pic by someone who's been pretending to be supportive of men. But the way the post is written is a very general men. So if it was, I mean, what, oh, bloody hell, what's that? that was you just started up your motorbike. Oh, hello. I'm back. Hey. With some, with some music this time. I don't know what happened there. Yes. There was a like someone started to started up a motorbike. Yeah, no, it was my um, my speaker. I unplugged the speakers, but left the jack plug loose, so uh, it did a. It don't did do it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Ofcom are probably on their way now. Yeah, you uh, see all that all that good work you did presenting yourself as, as someone who is abiding by all the laws of everything. Yeah, I'm going to be fined mm. now. You go and do that anyway. So just to just to continue the thread. Mm, so mm. so uh, there were comments about about this is why women don't feel that they can trust men and don't know who they can trust and all that kind of stuff. And, and I'm sort of sitting there thinking, well, actually, this post in itself is adding to the mistrust because of mm. its its generic nature. So what? I didn't get involved because I know I just get beaten up. Um, I wanted to ask, you know, so specifically, how many times has this happened to you? You know, just on the basis of, okay, if it's, if it's five and there's, there's, I don't know, what, 30, 30, 40 billion blokes in the UK alone, then as a percentage, that's quite small. Not saying it's right, because that's what would happen. I'd be accused of saying it's all right, part of the problem, all that kind of thing, all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But it's just this, you know, how, how things are written and it's adding to this, this perception that no men can be trusted anymore. Oh. I think there's a there's an issue, isn't there, with with social media and broadcasting our opinions. It used to be that sort of broadcast media had standards and guidelines attached to it, and yeah, there would be reviews and rehearsals. You check sources, you check facts, and all of these. But now that we're all sort of hack journalists in our own right, yeah. Anyone can say anything at any time to any number of people, and that's it's it's not it's not necessarily useful. Um, but then we come to everyone has the right to free speech, um, but then you're going down that rabbit hole of well, then I'll I will I'll show support for you know insidious uh, groups and acts, and you know what I mean. They're, how do we govern this? How do we how do we manage it? I don't know. I, I think well, through... I mean, which which reminds me that you know an, another post. Uh, this has just really got my goat this last few days. But another post by by a woman. No context around it. It was just a general 
you know, these people who say this is not Facebook, you know, they should just scroll past and not comment. So mm. I did comment along the basis of what, so, so what you're saying is that you should be allowed to say whatever you want to say, but other people can't. It's like, you can't have it both ways. Just because you don't like what they're saying mm. doesn't mean you can just stop them from doing it. Yeah. Which... And then it, then it happens. What the, the 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 post she was referring to was was a was a very emotive subject to her. Yeah. Right. So, so then you're into well, okay. So you're you're probably unfairly well unfairly you're projecting your emotion onto their reaction. Yeah. Rather than just seeing it for what it is. Yeah. It's a tricky and, one, isn't it? Because what and, I mean, what's behind that is that there are a lot of people who've suffered trauma in the world yes um who are unhappy or you know or anxious or suffering some kind of reaction to that trauma that is then triggered by things they come across in the public sphere. Uh, yes and that's what's sitting behind it um well i think that's what's sitting behind all of it i mean you know whether you want to term it as, i suppose look we've all experienced trauma of some kind at some level some you yeah know, some yeah. more than others so so we all have things that that cause us to feel, you know, even mildly uncomfortable because we've had an experience mm. in the past. You know, people mm. are, mm. people are, people are, I don't know, it's a generalisation, people fear public speaking and that's often, you know, because we've all had that, that time in class where we got a word wrong and everyone took the piss out of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can help with that. I can help with that, Dave, on a, on yes. a commercial basis. <laughs> on a commercial basis. Do you want Just to tell me, I'll post, I'll post your, your fees <laughs> in the in the in the notes for the podcast my fees are exorbitant <laughs> and so they should be and so they should be but but i think the point is we've, we've lost the ability and again i'm making a massive generalization so that's not fair to we have because uh, and, and as a generalization people are no longer looking at things for what they are they're just they're just having their reaction to them and i think social media adds to this because there's so much more to react to we didn't have all this information mm -hmm. whether it's actually real information or not we didn't have it all mm. thrown at us like we have, like we do now so yeah there was less to react to i mean social media has an estab has established a kind of culture of it's a kind of teenage culture isn't it because i mean the, you look at the people who were first jumping on facebook and Instagram, you know, who've now left it many years ago, were all very young people. Yeah. And that that was their sort of that was their mode, if you like, and that's entirely appropriate. But perhaps we've created a culture within social media of kind of very teenage, quite immature behaviour. And that's and people are just sort of reacting and responding to that all along and embedding it even more. How do we how do we break free of how do we how do we grow up? on social media because it seems to me as soon as you create a platform um for that's that's trying to be a little bit more mature i mean linkedin was supposed to be all about business and now people say oh it's just becoming like another facebook is this is this the natural progression of all social media to become overrun with advertising to become infantilized and and sort of dumbed down in a way well uh, i i just think i think that that people are like that anyway People, people are deep down children, you know, yeah. and even if you, if you, certainly if you talk about trauma, trauma is, I don't want to disagree because you have different, you have lots more experience of this, but my, my view is, you know, people get stuck at a point in their life when the trauma yeah. happens. Yeah. yeah. And then they, and then they, they try and find ways to, to cope with life beyond that. So I, I, I like to play the, how old is this person really game? <laughs> mm. You know, and you see, you see behaviors and it's like, well, how old is that behavior? It's 15, it's eight, it's 10, whatever. Um, because we do revert back to, to sort of childhood experience. I think when we, mm -hmm. when we, when we come up against something that we don't like, it's I a, agree. you know, it's an adult tantrum and that's what you're seeing. You're seeing childlike tantrums all over social media. Mm. and attention seeking and all that kind of stuff yeah well i mean this this is the these are the fundamentals of transactional analysis um mm. a, form of, a form of psychotherapy that was developed by a guy called eric Byrne, 
Yep. Um, I think he was a Canadian psychotherapist. Um, and yeah, when we're under stress or when we're sort of triggered in some way, we revert to um, what's called the adaptive child, which is the child that stamped its feet or broke things or cried or isolated itself or adopted all sorts of negative behaviour to basically get its needs met. And yep. when we're under stress, that's what we revert to. Um, and it's, and I mean, considering where what we've all just been through with COVID, everyone has been under stress. And that's a rather worrying thought to think that we're all now vulnerable to acting out these sort of child behaviours that only serve to cause more problems, really. Yeah. and, and We and have to we, work through that. And, we, and we've seen it all, you know, it's the... It's the distraction of baking. Let's go and do some baking, which is, which is a, actually a, a a very childish thing. That's that's what we used to do with our parents when we were kids. You know, we're allowed to do yeah, some yeah. baking and yeah. make a mess. Um, and then all, you know all the narrative around, oh, you know, we should be allowed out. I want to go to the pub and blah blah blah, all these sort of things. But <laughs> but the, but the yeah. tone of it, you can imagine someone stamping their feet and screaming and waving their arms around. Oh, I want to go to the yeah. pub. <laughs> absolutely you can't it's bedtime you know it, yeah. so so you you got all these things playing out and it, and it is it's just well it's hugely hugely childlike and i think we all do it i mean i'm sure you do it and i do it from oh, time absolutely to time. absolutely um and it is just part of being being human but i don't know i just i just think that the the, the way forward the way to grow up is to deal with that past and I've done a lot yeah. of work over the last 10 years on mine, by the way. So I've, I've sort of, I feel, I kind of, for the most part, I feel my age now. I don't mean all the aches and pains and stuff. <laughs> I, I mean, actually, you know, psychologically, I feel like I'm 53. Yeah, that's the downer about doing work on yourself, isn't it? You kind of, you, kind of, yeah. you, work, you work through the pain and you go, oh, fuck me, I'm old. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah. But but and it's a real shit payoff. Yes. So so but, but all that means is that you, it's harder to convince yourself that that it's any different to that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you you're you're when you do all that work on yourself, you you are fundamentally faced with your reality rather than the pretense <laughs> of whatever it is you're doing to make it. You know, injecting yeah. your face with stuff so that it doesn't move anymore. Yeah, I'm prepared yeah, to yeah, yeah. practice. You know, people who are prepared to sacrifice their ability to express their feelings and emotions <laughs> yeah. to, to look to look a bit younger. For a perceived beauty, that's interesting, isn't it? That some people are, are removing the ability to express emotions and then calling that beauty. Yes, and to me, that's the complete opposite of beauty. Yeah, yeah. You so know, people, beauty, people, they, yeah, they want to they want to look want to look slightly. Slightly aloof and startled all the time, <laughs> but but wrinkle free. Yeah, wrinkle free uh, with with lips that sort of uh, look like they've been inflated. They should put some people look like they should have um, sort of PSI yeah. um, writing on the inside of their lips. You know, um, with the collagen injections. They, we were out for a drink in a cafe the other day, and there were a group of people there, and they all of them looked exactly the same. Yeah. It was bizarre. It was truly bizarre. Um, and it, it really struck home uh, with me about, you know, you and I have grown up through the 80s where we saw this kind of thing then where you had this kind of uh, conformity to a certain look. And yeah. it seemed we seem to have come back to that somehow. We seem to have come back to this sort of real conformity to a kind of a, a look that adheres to L'Oreal or, you know, well, what, what yeah, they say in the adverts. Well, that is, that is, that's an interesting and, and valid point. And I, and I think, you know, this, this runs back into the, to the same old conversation is that people do it because it makes them feel better. Well, that's what they say. I don't do it for anybody else. Mm. I, don't, I do it for me, which I, which I question because if you're changing the way you look, it can't just be for you. No. There's, there's something in it that is about actually you feel better because you think people are going to think you look good. Yeah, all yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. But but what happens is that something that starts off. I mean, let's let's. I don't tat tattoos is probably a a good example. That that you know tattoos have become way more prevalent nowadays. But, yeah. But it's got to a point where 
it, it's becoming more the norm. Yeah, which is the opposite of, so, of what so it once was. Yes, yeah, so people start to do it because they they, they want to they want to be different, mm, mm. and then they just end up being just part of an ever increasing group of people who are looking the same in some way or similar or, or whatever. But they certainly yeah. buy into the same kind of the same values and beliefs in life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't even know what values that tattoo. I don't even know what values tattoos have now. I don't. Uh, they just they just seem to be worn. Was it was it Coco Chanel said? You know, you don't let the fashion wear you. You you know, you wear the dress. Don't let the dress wear you, or something like that. I'm, I'm sure yeah. it's someone like Coco Chanel, and. I do feel like, you know, the, the style is wearing the wearer now. Yes. You know, you should be able to put anything on and look good and feel good within reason. Um, yeah. You know. Well, I don't um, even think within reason. I mean, as long as it's not physically hurting you or causing you to die or be ill, then, then you should be able to wear anything. And all right, there's a context to it. You should be able to put a, put a, put a bin liner on and feel okay. Maybe only at home, though. <laughs> yeah maybe um shopping in a bin liner yeah yeah you know might yeah. be might bring some discomfort but the point being that you know again you ask you ask the question you know how do how do we all grow up i think that's part of it it's about it's about growing up to be who we are right now and yeah and this is what happens is i think for most people or for a lot of people as more comfortable in their own skin as saggy as it might be <laughs> but I you, you reach the point where you just don't give a fuck so much anymore about what anybody thinks about you well yeah and isn't that a great place to be yes so you therefore know, I think that's a wonderful place to be because then you don't really give a shit what they look like so you you're not judging other people either you really are you know getting to kind of the core of people and finding out you know those that group of people i said they all look the same of course, they're not all the same. They all—they're all their own person in their own right, and that's me judging them, you know, yes. by my by my standards. Yeah, okay, I've done work on myself to give myself a certain insight into me and how I see the world. And someone could just as well say, "Well, well, then I've I've injected my lips with collagen and put botulism in my eyebrows because that's how <laughs> I want to perceive myself." And yeah. you know, I mean, when you say it like that, that, it just sounds. I think I might have it done myself. <laughs> Why not? Talk um, about marketing. Maybe maybe marketing should be a little bit more real. I think it should be eradicated from the face of the planet, personally. Well, just 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 state things very, <laughs> out of very, job, but... very literally. You know, drinking this lager will get you a bit pissed. <laughs> yes. Um, and fill fill your body with with calories that have no real nutritional value. But you're on your own when it comes to getting sex, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> honest advertising that's what we need yeah yes. yeah straightforward Absolutely. blunt to the point yeah yeah but i i wonder as well if we're if i mean my my partner she said she had a it was a story she told me about a little girl asking for an ice cream and she asked for a particular flavor of ice cream it was like raspberry ripple or whatever. And the guy made her a raspberry ripple ice cream. And then she said, oh, I've changed my mind now. And the guy said, well, I've made it now. And her answer was, well, my mummy says I can change my mind whenever I like. And my now <laughs> my partner heard this and she just thought, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, is that the right thing to teach an eight-year-old child? Possibly the right thing to teach a 28-year-old adult. But maybe not the right thing to teach an eight-year-old child. I saw a young girl the other day, must have been about six or seven or eight or something, with a T-shirt on saying, I'm a princess, so I can do whatever I want. I just thought, that is this, this is what we're teaching. Well, we're, I mean, we're teaching providing... adult values to children. Well, I also I think, think this is part of the problem. The, 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 I can change my mind whenever I like. Okay, that, that, that's true. That's true, yeah. you can. But the bit that's but, missing is, However, there may be some consequences to that. Exactly. Not everyone's, gonna, not everyone's going to like it, especially the ice no. cream man. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, you've just cost him money there. And, yeah, you can uh, change your mind whenever you like, but you will eventually get banned from the ice cream man. <laughs> and why are you changing your mind? What 
what I mean, one thing I've become really, really interested in because um, Kath is a, a holistic um, bodyworks therapist. She's she's got twenty five years experience um, in practice as a massage therapist. Yeah. And the question she always asks is, well, what sits behind that? What's behind that? What's behind that? What's informing that? Yeah. So she'll have people come in with a particular sort of problem or pain or stiffness or whatever. And she, and she will look at, well, what's sitting behind that? And it might not be that you have a back problem. It might be that you've got issues in your legs that yes. are causing that back. So it's, I think we need to start looking a little bit deeper than the surface and looking at what sits behind that. Being positive all the time is a great idea, but what's informing that that? attitude that you think you should be positive all the time are you yeah. you know is there some pain sitting behind that that's causing you to want to see the world in that way we've well, become very that... very superficial we've become very yes. very surface and i think it's uh, it's the same you know you can draw i mean personally i see the mind body it's, it's all part of the... just an entity mm -hmm. and we have all this stuff that's connected um so equally you know physical things can be connected to, to psychological things um well we know stressed your shoulders get a bit tight and that, those kind of things and then that can lead on to something else and so on and so on um and a lot of it's counterintuitive if i remember i mean it was years ago i still remember it now i mean it, probably 20 years ago i had a sore shoulder so i went to a physio and he started about these exercises that i should do and i'm like what <laughs> why the fuck would i do that my shoulder hurts <laughs> yeah and then we're made to know, move and then he explained the concept of, yeah, well, you, you need to strengthen up. The reason you've got that problem is because this bit's weak. So if you, yeah, you know, that, that, and I think the same applies to us as a whole entity, you know, like on your, on your bro, your mind, um, it's able to support the rest of you and vice versa. Absolutely. And I think that what comes into that as well is environment. You know, we are mind and body. We're also the space that we're in. Yes. Um, and so how are we, and that includes other people. That's a social environment as well as a physical environment. You know, yeah. how we're impacting on one another, um, how people's behavior affects the people around us, you know, such as the little girl with the ice cream man, you know. Uh, we, there's a certain responsibility we have for one another. Um, for me, that's a, that's a more progressive way of approaching living on a planet. You know, um, we are part of an ecosystem that's in, incredibly robust and at the same time incredibly vulnerable and sensitive. Yeah, and, I mean, I think uh, it, I think it's it, it's vulnerable more so on an individual level, but robust on a on a larger scale. Exactly. And yeah. and perhaps what social media is doing is it's highlight vulnerabilities mm. which makes people think about their own vulnerabilities and then as a group it makes us generally more vulnerable maybe i wonder if we're using social media wrong then i mean look at things like the arab spring you know which came about via you know that was made possible via social media but that was a collective use of social media so perhaps we've started perhaps social media has become so niche and individually based that we're not really using it properly anymore social media is just a reflection of society anyway there's nothing new about the concept it's well, just but, digital but it, instead of analog but as individuals our, our social media experiences are a reflection of us because we we get fed back the stuff that we like like a post you like a subject you look at something you talk about something and you see adverts about it hmm and, and your, the algorithms will, will feed you will feed you more of what you've already liked because they don't give a shit about experience they just want to keep you on it so they can advertise to you yeah 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 well this this is the problem isn't it as i saw a piece uh, a little while ago um, that pointed out that every single piece of communications technology ha ends up being overrun with advertising yeah, you know, it happened with radio, happened with telephone, TV, and now social media. Um, I wonder what the analog social equivalent of an algorithm is. You know, if you get a, if you get a bunch of people in a pub all talking and interacting, uh, I wonder what the equivalent of an algorithm is in that situation. 
There's oh, a question, boys yeah. and girls. That's a listener's question. Well, it'll, yeah, there's a listener's question, and I'm, I'm, I was listening, so I'm going to attempt. No, it, it, would, <laughs> it would be it would be that person who keeps the room going. It would be that person who introduces people to other people. Right. It would be the you know the 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 social butterfly, the person who flits about and thinks, right. well, yeah, that, that person would probably get on with that person. I think I'll, I think I'll introduce them. Yeah, yeah, an influencer that would be. In well, digital terms, it would it? be someone, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. But it, but but the the problem being that that to do that in a room full of people takes some effort and some skill. Mm. Um, whereas to do it on social media, it's it's more of a numbers game, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You might, you might say these algorithms are very sophisticated. I mean, I, I I do sometimes wonder: does anyone actually understand them, or have they just because because they're machine learning, aren't they? They're learning yeah. for themselves. And well, I mean, just, what do we mean by sophisticated? Are these algorithms wearing Karen Millen cocktail dresses and, you know... I'd like um, to think so now, yes. <laughs> and they've got coiffured hair and nice yeah. makeup. And... Yeah. I suppose... Well, unless, algorithms... unless, they're, unless the algorithm's a man. And then, I mean, well, I mean, that could be... It could still it could be wearing still be cocktail well. dresses. Hey, I've, Each I've to their own, Dave. Well, I've DJ'd at a festival in a Karen Millen cocktail dress, so there we go. Um, ah, you know, brilliant. True story. Yeah. Well, why shouldn't you? That's another podcast. That's another um, podcast entirely. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, well, maybe some of these algorithms uh, have got, you know, collagen lips and, um, you know, uh, cut-down denim shorts and crop yeah, the tops. Yeah, the Instagram algorithm has. The... <laughs> I felt like I was verging into some sort of um, uh, what I what could be accused of misogynistic diatribe there. So just to balance that out, I would say that some of these algorithms might be wearing shell suits with their hand down the front of their pants and wearing a lot of gold jewellery. So and some yeah. of them might be wearing, you know, barber wax jackets and behaving in in another way. Or lumberjack so, shirts. Lumberjack shirts. Um, I like the idea. I like the idea of the personification of algorithms. I do. See, that would I could make sense of the, the digital world in that. <laughs> and do you find so you're you know you and I are of a similar age now. I'm you you've you've um, you've jumped through the flaming hoop of fifty. Um, I have. Mine's loom, mine's looming next year. Uh, I'm quite looking forward to it, actually. Um, and I just wonder, do you, do you find yourself just less and less bothered? about the digital world yes i I, i've well i've I've been more and more frustrated with it and i think Mm. and i think it's weird actually even though the last 18 months hasn't really changed my life that much in terms of my interactions with others because i you know i I have a small group of trusted friends i'm not 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 big into sort of social stuff so the fact that we couldn't go out to the pub just meant I, i still didn't go out to the pub um but i do feel a, a need to connect with people more mm. so so that isn't because of that isn't because of the pandemic although i think it's just brought it to it's brought it to mind for me yeah a realization yeah. that actually yeah i need to get out in the real world more yeah. and adam and i you know as the wise stands we've 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 sort of talked about this we've talked about doing sort of online stuff and it's like yeah that's kind of like that's that's let's say the time efficient way to do it but wouldn't it be great to be in a room of people working with them? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd yeah. like to organise a, a LinkedIn social, you know. Well, uh, there is one bit. There's a Christmas party being organised, I think. Is there? I'm but not invited, will, this, apparently. No, but I think this might this might be the, 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 purport, the, the portion of um, LinkedIn that we don't want to meet. <laughs> <laughs> could, be, could be awful, couldn't it? it could be so awful. I was saying to a was saying to a connection, well, a friend and a connection who you know, Sarah, we, we we should maybe have our own, and by that I mean just a few of us meet down the pub. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like some a smaller. I mean, you know, I mean, I've got however many hundreds of people in my network, and I probably stay in touch on a regular basis with about ten. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and. Uh, and I think that's probably proportionate to um, relationships in in the real world. Well, so I mean, and the question is, you know, if 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 you didn't have, you're one you of them. By the way, Dave. Yes. Yeah, well, yes. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Just so I don't feel bad. Um, but but if 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 it wasn't for social media, how many of those ten would you keep in contact with regularly? Would it still be ten? 
Well, probably, yeah, probably. I would. I, they're people that I want to keep in touch with. They're people whose opinions and input I I value, and the conversations I have with them, you know, add value to what I do, both personally and professionally. Um, it's probably a little bit more than ten, actually. It's probably, but you know, I'd say there's a core of ten. And then, you know, there's, you know, there's a few more as well. But I mean, there are hundreds and hundreds of contacts that I have that I have no interaction with whatsoever. Well, um, well look, I mean, I, I just I, think I... to myself, why, why do I need to have, oh, you know, David have 500 plus connections? It is, why do I need that to validate who I am and what I do? Well, exactly. I mean, I got to that point. I fell into that trap and I had, I, 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 when I posted about it, I cut from I think it was about eleven and a half thousand to less than a thousand. And it's really made no difference because my criteria for, for disconnection from people was do I remember you? <laughs> do you mean right. eleven do, do you mean eleven and a half hundred? Do you mean eleven and a half hundred? Well you're breaking oh. up a bit there, but uh, no eleven oh. and a half thousand. What? That's insane. Yeah. I just get connected with people and then I cut it all down and, 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 you know, basically 10,000 people I had no recollection of. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> a, that's a hell of a cull. Yeah. But, but it's, it's been great. So my, my feed isn't full of as much nonsense as it was before. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's been all around a good thing, but, and it's all, I think it's all been part of what's running in the background, which is I need to connect with the real world. So actually by, yeah. by reducing my network, it's more real than it was. It's still a thousand people. And I, I don't recognize many of those now. So, so it will go through a cycle of I'll do it again and I'll do it again. Yeah. yeah. So I've had yeah, no interaction sure. with these people. What, like, what is the point in being connected to someone who you have no interaction with? All right. There, there yeah. is the people might be seeing your content and they might buy from you one day, but actually, yeah, I'm not, there's not a massive queue of people buying from me. So I don't buy into that. That's just what gurus say who are selling LinkedIn coaching. They want you to think that because then you'll buy their course. Yeah, pyramid selling. None of, them, none of them have ever been able to give me the figures of how much business people have made as a direct mm. result of their, their courses and coaching. No, well, I mean, as, uh, as I understand it, most coaches coach other coaches. Uh, that's yeah. where eighty percent of the industry is. It's just this self-fulfilling coaching like world. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I'm rebranding at the moment. Um, I'm going to rebrand and relaunch what I do, uh, based on some really useful conversations I've had recently with some some great contacts. Um, and uh, what, what I'm what I've decided is I want to I want to I want to help people who want to do something purposeful. I'm not really yeah. interested in just supporting people in supporting themselves, do their thing. I'm not interested in wealth accumulation and I'm not interested in supporting wealth accumulation. I'm interested in helping organizations do useful things. You yes. know, and that's been a, that's been a really important decision for me because that's kind of why I came into this 18 months ago. Um, and I sort of lost sight of that because I got hit by this tsunami of, you know, you can be a billionaire and all, all this, and you do get swept along with it. And it's, it's, you know, no matter how strong you think your values are, you are still susceptible to human behavior. Yes. And uh, you've really got to maintain a focus and be absolutely clear on what it is you want to achieve and why you want to do it uh, yes. just to steer that course. So, yeah, this is something I'm going through now, I think, what you described there of just trimming things back, getting a better focus and connecting with uh, a network that's actually functioning, that's flowing, you know, I mean, and not just you, connecting you, pipes with yeah. nothing in them. Have, have you have you used any sort of specific tools or techniques? Are there any resources that you've come across in the last maybe week well, that you've used that have really helped you to, to sort of get your head around what you're trying to achieve? <laughs> Do you know what, Dave? It's funny you should mention that. Uh, because, yeah, uh, I... Uh, someone sent me a PDF 
called what was it called? <laughs> I think it might be something like Kickstarter for growth. Kickstarter for growth. All right. Um, yes. Yeah, so you and Adam um, sent me Kickstarter for growth. Um, let's burst that little illusional bubble there. <laughs> and um, no, I found it really useful working through that. I mean, what is it? It's a 30 page document yeah. that asks some very interesting questions. I mean, I, that I was an absolute question two was yeah. how, do you, how do you, how do you get work? I misread it as how do you get to work? Yeah. And wrote down, oh, I walk and sometimes get the bus. Brilliant. <laughs> but doesn't it show a great trust in you and Adam? That you I just, just, you just answered it. It's, like, it's I'm not a gonna... weird question. <laughs> but I'm going to answer it anyway because I know that they're fucking solid guys. I know, but, they, um... I know they've asked this for a reason. <laughs> yeah, right. And a very good reason. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, it, did, it did make me think about, you know, can I rationalise my transport to work at the moment um no it it has off the back of that um i've started putting together uh, a style sheet i've started developing a tone of voice for all my copy um yeah. and you know starting to think a little bit more seriously about how i'm doing this because what i've realized is is and this is my process really i don't think there's anything wrong with this what i've realized is i've been playing for the last yeah. 18 months and that's okay. You know, it's brought some business in. It's brought, you know, I've had clients in, I've got feedback, I've tested out products, but it's been play. And I think that's been very useful. And this is, yeah. this is something that I would advocate to anyone going into business. Don't think that you have to be a success in the first year or even the first two years. Just learn how to enjoy it. Learn how to enjoy what you do and learn what bits you don't need. And well, learn where the yes. bullshit is, you know. And then yeah. once you've gone through that process, then start writing things down in stone, nailing them down and saying, right, I know what I'm doing now. Because I think you need that period to to build confidence and, and awareness. I mean, my background's in the performing arts and occupational therapy. So yeah. coming into business, I've had to learn business. It's been a whole, I've had to do another sort of, it's like I've done an NVQ over the last year and a half or, yeah. or, or, or a degree or something. I've had yeah. to do an awful lot of learning and research and reading and sitting around thinking and reflecting and failing and getting up again. Yeah. And, and it's brilliant. And I would not change that for the world. So no, your, so the, the, um, so the, the Kickstarter for growth, not only is it a very useful document, but it's been very timely for me. It's come along at the right time. And it's just focused everything and given me uh, one of the most useful things it's done is it's shown me where the gaps are. Yes. Uh, no, 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 I, think, I think it's almost not, not to bang on about it too much, but I do want to talk about it because I want to sell some of these damn things. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but it's almost like it's, it's to sort of take people back to the basics, to the roots of where they started. Yeah. 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 With, with the additional knowledge that they've now got and maybe add some knowledge to it. And it's, a, yeah. it's almost an opportunity to just, it, like you describe, it's an opportunity to just regroup. Yeah. To regroup yeah. and go again. Um, rather than, I think, as, as you described when we spoke, you know, you just you, you just feel a bit lost with it. You're just like, it's like, what the fuck is this? I don't know what this is anymore. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, so it is about refining, getting back to the basics, getting back to the sort of nub of what you're trying to do. And that might have changed since you started. Um, because I know we have as the wise fans, we've, we've, we've shifted our focus around and, uh, you know, a number of times and you just got to keep trying stuff out until you find the right thing. Well, what I've realized is that the, what I've been offering as services aren't actually, they're not, they aren't actually what I'm offering. They're the tools that enable me to provide what I'm offering. You know, what yeah. I am, what I'm offering, um, is is i'm calling it strategic communications possibly creative strategic communications but i think the name creative edge conveys creativity yeah. um so so what i'm offering is um an alignment of narrative in you know internally and externally how to build that narrative understand it share it and express it you know inside and outside your business so it's not just there's an element of marketing in there and 
I'd like to think I'd be working with people in marketing, even though I've just said that I'd like it wiped from the face of the earth. So I might have, there's <laughs> a lesson in PR. Yeah. Um, so, um, but, but I know people like Dan Kelsall will, will agree with that from uh, uh, offended marketing. Um, but uh, yeah, so, and all of those tools that I've developed as offer, they are, they're now what sits behind it all. So I think that's what I was lacking was kind of, you know, I had all the infrastructure there, but I, I didn't actually have a sort of front, a front face, a shop front, if you like, you know, yep. that's what was missing. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know, and you, that's all right. I think that's all right. You, you have to go through that process. There's so much pressure for people to think that they can develop a business and have it succeed overnight. And, and it doesn't work like that. It really doesn't work like that. No, and the impression that's given by 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 these people that spout on about how successful they are is that it happened quickly. Even when they talk about, oh, it doesn't just happen quickly, it's been really hard. They don't really dwell on that. They don't really talk about the reality of it and the feeling well, of being completely bloody lost and not knowing what they're doing. Yeah, 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 even, yeah. Even, even that is dressed up in an overly positive way. Yeah. So even the negativity is like, yeah, you've got to go through this. You know, it's a really positive thing to be in a really dreadful place. It's like, no, it's not. Mm. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. No, change that. Yeah. yeah. Don't build. Don't build resilience to being in a shit place. Just get out of the shit place. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Otherwise, you stay in the shit place. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Um, and I think that I just like to mention. I just like to go back to the marketing thing, actually. I don't really, I don't really think that marketing should be wiped off the face of the earth. I think that the use of marketing for insidious purposes should be got rid of. Marketing is yes. a very, very useful tool, and we all do it. And it's basically finding the right people to talk to, so that you can find out whether or not they'll buy your stuff. That's basically what marketing, isn't it? And well, it's just, yeah, it's having but a conversation with the right person in the right place. But the, the beer right example, well, you know, if you like we think this beer is quite nice and it'll make yeah. you feel a bit warm and fuzzy although maybe a bit ropey much of it that that's yeah, that's, yeah. that's you know i mean that that's that's i don't know maybe a bit more truthful than drink this and you'll get loads of sex well i think maybe we should get a homebrew on the go and and use that <laughs> as, use that yeah. as the as the, as the strap line you know yeah it'll make honest you feel warm and fuzzy but don't drink too much dave dave and dave's honest booze Double D. Double D. <laughs> <laughs> Double D homebrew. <laughs> yeah. Double D honest homebrew. Yeah. Fill your cups. This will not change your life. It'll get you a bit pissed and <laughs> make you think your life's changed for a few hours. Yeah. I wonder what, what the line would be if we made that toilet roll. Oh, toilet roll? Yeah. I don't know. Wipes. It wipes poo off your bum. Yeah. It'll no. wipe the shit off your ass. <laughs> but, you but, but we can't guarantee that you will get it all off because that's up to you, son. Yes. But well, to make sure you do, you can buy this six-week course yeah. of how to wipe correctly. Uh, yeah. Just five nine nine ninety five. All Oh, the age-old question. That's like brown sauce or red sauce on a bacon sandwich, isn't it? Front to back or back to front. Wow. Depends whether you want to risk smearing out your back or have you spoken. It's a personal choice. We've covered some ground. Here. <laughs> yeah, some, some, some ground that many others may not wish to cover. But there you go. So, so many things that others may not wish to cover. Do you know what? I've got a feeling that that that's it. I've got a feeling that we're done. You know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how we follow through. Follow up. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how we follow that. No, as I, as I often say, I, I think that's that's a wonderful place to stop. Because I, I think that's a wonderful place to stop because everyone's got an arsehole, and you yes. know that's that's a uniting thing. So. If so, it's a message to um, the bullshit detectors listeners, you know, if you do feel triggered, if you feel bad in any way, if you feel the anxiety of life getting it, just remember everyone's got an arsehole and it'll yes. make you feel better. 
And maybe shake yours a little bit. Shake your bum and yep. feel good. This podcast is uniting people. The world. Through their assholes. Absolutely. That's the way it should be. Right. <laughs> Boom. We're done. I'll catch you later. Nice one, Dave. It's a pleasure as always. Cheers, I'll see mate. You soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of the Bullshit Detective Podcast. My name is Dave Brown, and thanks very much to Dave Nixon for coming on today. Ah, what a hoot. Hope you got the message at the end. Uh, You know, there's always something that joins us together. Joins us together, that's not quite right. That sounds like the human centipede, um, which if you've seen it, you may not want to see. But there are things that make us similar. And the fact that we all have arseholes is one of them. It's just that some people turn into arseholes. I don't know. Anyway, hope you enjoyed it. Remember to subscribe and I will catch you in future episodes, most likely to be in about a week's time. See you soon. Bye.